Welcome to the podcast, Coping Better, Connecting Our Positive Emotions, where we talk about positive emotion skills in relation to farm stress. Today, we'll be discussing self-compassion and acts of kindness in agriculture, one of the core skills of the We Cope series. I'm your host, Ron Fruit. Our guests today include Amanda Curra, health and well-being educator, UW-Madison, Division of Extension, Sauk County, and Sean Monson, Program Coordinator, FarmWell Wisconsin, a service of Southwest Wisconsin Community Action Program. Self-compassion is the act of being kind and understanding of oneself. We often think about being compassionate toward others, but Amanda reminds us we can direct compassion toward ourselves. By doing that, we learn to support ourselves through self-encouragement rather than being punishing or condemning ourselves. That self-compassion really means that we're patient, we're kind, we're non-judgmental with ourselves. It's really that we recognize that we're human and therefore we're imperfect and we're capable of making mistakes. What this does is that it gives us permission to take a supportive, caring attitude towards ourselves. And then it motivates us first to provide ourselves with comfort and then to respond in a more constructive way. When we punish or condemn ourselves, we tend to do the exact opposite of that, which is to kind of say we belittle, we judge, we talk ourselves down, and then we often act in ways that are not constructive. And that can look like anything. So it can be, you know, simply just getting ourselves locked into really bad decisions. And it can swing all the way to the opposite end of really engaging in really destructive behaviors. But the point here is that we act in ways that aren't in our best interests when we punish and condemn. Sean believes self-compassion is about your own personal well-being. Something that we always talk about is how a farmer is the most important piece of the farm. A farmer's not doing well. Uh, their farm can likely hinder from that or is hurt by that. And so I would say self-compassion is giving yourself grace, giving yourself a break when needed and being able to recognize that. Uh, It's good to try to find some way to give yourself a break and a chance to recharge. I know I, I talked about my parents about this interview and my mom had said it, her and dad had always tried to give themselves some time to do something they really enjoy. You know, my dad really enjoyed Wisconsin hockey and went to the um, Frozen Four. He was lucky enough to get to go see them play on the East Coast. That was his passion that helped recharge his batteries. And then he came back and worked hard in the farm. And my mom really enjoyed reading books. And so she'd be, you know, a nice day. She would take the time to read a book, not feel guilty about not doing something on the farm and found that she had a lot more energy when she was back to work. Saying to someone, just practice self-compassion is much easier said than done. Some of those challenges that might come up when we think about practicing self-compassion may have to do with how we think others might view us if you know we show ourselves kindness. Or maybe just what was or what has been considered, you know, quote unquote normal in and around us in our lives as we grew up and moved through our communities of influence. The good news is that we have that ability to to challenge some of those viewpoints or maybe myths about self-compassion 
and also the ability to then choose self-compassion as a healthier option once we see the truth of what it has to offer us as far as better health and well-being. So for example, sometimes people think that self-compassion is related to self-pity and isolation. And that might show up as, you know, why does this always happen to me? The truth is that self-compassion acknowledges that human suffering is completely real and that none of us are alone. And that is a really powerful acknowledgement. It's a life-saving acknowledgement to be able to know that. Sometimes people think that it relates to weakness or being soft, when in truth, the strength required to keep a clear mind, see your own suffering, and not judge yourself for it, and then to give yourself kindness in the face of difficulty is immensely powerful. And sometimes as a society, even we see self-compassion as just laziness or self-indulgence and that people won't or can't grow from it. But the truth is that people who use self-compassion show a far greater ability to get motivated to do better, to see growth and positive change because they aren't undermining themselves from within. And I think about Sean's parents, you know, they, they are doing things that help them continue to get through their daily lives rather than, you know, Sean's mom's not judging herself because she's reading a book. She saw the value in that. I think the best statement I've ever heard when it comes to self-care and self-compassion is simply this. If you don't put yourself first, you won't last. And it hits me in my heart and soul every time, whether you're more visual and you need to think of your energy level like a phone battery or like a bucket of water or a cup in hand, it's all the same. Empty is empty. Most of us would not let our phone battery die because we just couldn't stand the vulnerability of being disconnected. Yet we deplete our own energy to that point daily and don't even consider that level of vulnerability we leave ourselves in. Sean Monson's work affords him the opportunity to read and learn about self-compassion in his own life. I've really found that I struggled with to-do lists. So a lot of people, to make sure you don't forget something, you put together to-do lists. And what I uh, started to experience was this kind of like overwhelming feeling like I I can't get down with this list. You know, as your day goes on, you're adding more stuff to it and it almost feels never ending. I was actually talking to a farmer on the phone and I had said, yeah, I started my morning. I had nine things in my to-do list and I've gotten stuff done today and I've got 13 now for tomorrow. He laughed and he said, you can't let, you know, a to-do list define whether or not you had a good day. If you don't get through that list, it doesn't mean you had a bad day. And I thought that was a really insightful thing that I'd heard from him. And he said, don't worry, that stuff will be there tomorrow too. He's like, it doesn't help to be hard on yourself. And that, that was really a good lesson for me, not to let some list define, you know, if, if I didn't get done with something, it's likely not the end of the world. You know, I got done with the things that need to be done with. And just because I have more on my list than I did when I started, doesn't mean it. I had a bad day. Amanda Curra says it's important to look at relationships and situations that challenge our negative self-talk. 
I also really like to take the time to pair self-compassion with savoring. Um, So for example, when I feel really great about things I'm doing or people I'm with, take a moment and to savor the why. Um, And that really helps me to realize that it's because I'm getting back as much as I give into those situations, rather than draining myself towards things that aren't in my best interest. It's how we retain our own personal power um, towards self-compassion. We keep that battery or that bucket or that cup or whatever it is you visualize um, as your energy source. Um, We keep it full um, and we can keep giving to others. Speaking of savoring, Sean grew up on the farm. His parents savored simple but significant accomplishments. They both said that one of the most gratifying feelings that they always savored was when all the, all the hay was up in our hay mow. You know, it was out of the field, wasn't, didn't have to worry about getting rained on. We always did like a big meal. My cousins would come out and help us mow hay. It was like a really great gathering and it was such a relief. Oh, I'm so happy. I know I'm going to have a mow, two mows of, of hay over my head in the wintertime. Um, it was such a relief for my parents. And so like finding those moments like that, or, you know, as we were growing up on the farm, the older you get, the new chores you get to do. And like, we looked forward to it because, you know, it's more responsibility and we wanted to help our parents. Them seeing us grow was something that they enjoyed too and getting more independent and helpful on the farm. So there's those moments every day that, you know, we have and taking a moment to step back and enjoy that. It sounds like really did wonders for them in terms of savoring. Thanks to our guests, Amanda Curra and Sean Munson for sharing their knowledge and experiences with us. If you're interested in more information on positive emotional skills, check out all the episodes in Coping Better, Connecting Our Positive Emotions.